Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Minister Brandon has led us in response to reading coming from 1 Peter chapter 2. And our text is a letter written by that apostle to a Jewish audience scattered throughout five Roman province of Asia Minor. He writes this letter during a time of great persecution. These people were going through stuff because of their faith. But here's what's interesting about it. Despite the beatings, despite the arrests, despite the confiscation of property and homes, there were still many new converts who wanted to accept Jesus' Savior. My, it had to be something going on for them people knowing that they were going to fall in the same group, but yet they wanted. They were tired of trying to serve a God who was not alive. Yet in spite of this growth, However, many of the saints in these five provinces were living defeated lives. There was a lack of direction as to how to live during difficult times. And I see this in a lot of ways because a lot of times we hear only messages of prosperity, messages of good. And, and that's fine, because God does prosper. God does, does wonderful things for us. But if you ain't never heard about how to deal with death, then you'll never know when the time comes you'll fall apart. There was a major leadership void. So Peter's purpose was to draw their attention back to the ultimate leader, Jesus, telling them, just follow his steps. Now, the word leadership, you may have heard this even in the commentary, is often defined as influence. But if that influence does not lead to the results of someone following, there is no leadership. So you have to ask yourself a question, if you are a leader, is there any fellowship? If you are a follower, do you have to ask yourself a question, is there a leader for me to follow? You see, the word Christianity means more than believers in Christ. It means followers of Christ. So when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, our love and appreciation for his sacrifice that we're going to celebrate later in the service ought to influence us to follow him. If he's that good, 
And if he did it all, why are we so reluctant to do what he said? Peter's point was that Jesus has given us a model or a pattern to be copied. And as servants of Christ, we are to follow in the master's tracks. In chapter 1, Peter reminded believers that even though their situations may change, and even though their future was uncertain, the word of God still abides steadfast forever. Then he goes on to give us several principles in chapter 2. And I want you to kind of glean with me what the Lord placed in my heart to pull from this text. The first one is the purpose for following his step. Why, why are we to follow in his steps? The main idea is maturity when we look at verses 1 through 3. 1 Peter 2. One through three. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceits, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all evil speaking. Now, I had it all in there. Y'all know that. And notice what verse two said. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Stop right there just for a minute. I was watching Samuel feeding her baby a couple of moments ago. She didn't have to force that thing down that baby's throat. All he had to do was see the nipple in his mouth open up. Why is it or, or that she'll be no reason to beg people to come to faith development. Because newborn babies naturally crave milk. Let me, let, let me give you a reason why in verse 3 it says, if. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Oh, we, we, we saw him beautiful this morning. He did it all. All for me. Well, if he did all for you, what are you doing to show you appreciate all he did? It shouldn't be somebody prompting and priming us. It ought to be just as natural as a baby going to mama's breast. They're hungry for it. And without that nourishment, you don't grow. And some of us are not growing spiritually. We're not maturing spiritually because we're not taking the milk of the word. I'm into faith development, and I'm into that again, but that ain't the only place. How many, how many of you have your own personal study time? Your own 
time of meditation. I'll say it again. We got 360 members. We own 250 daily breads. And every month after we pass them out, there's still a hundred of them left out there. Something is wrong. Maybe it's my leadership ability. When people are not thirsting for the word of God. Now, now, I guarantee you, there's going to be a lot of people in Atlanta tomorrow around Mercedes-Benz Stadium when the average ticket costs $2,726 and it's going to be standing room only because people want to go. Because they love what they want to do. They want to see Georgia beat Alabama. <laughs> I want them to see Georgia beat Alabama, but I ain't going to pay no $2,700 to go up there and see them. I bet had the game been at 11 o'clock on Sunday, half of the churches wouldn't be full. See, you're going to do in this new year, you're going to do what you want to do. Some of y'all just don't have no want to when it comes to God's word. It's a new year. Harold, we were talking about the old time. That been time on first Sunday of the year, the church be full. Everybody wants to start it right? Not anymore. Paul lists five sins of attitude and speech. Malice, which is wicked ill will. Deceit, deliberate dishonesty. Hypocrisy, which is Pretense, envy, resentful discontentment, evil speaking, which is slander, backbiting, and lies. And none of these should have a place in those who are born again. Rather, it should be the obedience to the word. Believers are to make a visible break from the past. The first thing I want to glean from this is the purpose of the step. Now I want us to look at things we should know about following his step. Things we should know about following his step. Please follow me here. All of you who accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, I want you guys to really look at this. Number one, you were chosen. But you just wasn't chosen. You were chosen with a mission. See, that's a lack, Joe, that's a lack in leadership. We don't tell people what is expected. But we follow in Jesus' step, he's going to tell us what's expected. He chose us for a mission. When I joined the military, I didn't know what I was going to do. I went through a process, went through some testing, and they placed me in a field that was conducive to my knowledge. And likewise, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, through spiritual gifts, God placed you in a position according to your gifts. 
Look at what verse 9 and verse 10 says. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Here's the mission now. Y'all get this now. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm saved. I, I was caught up in sin and I couldn't get out of it. I tried everything that I could through willpower. It was only when God saved me and filled me with his spirit that I was able to do some of these things. I am thankful. And I will praise him because of my deliverance. So your mission is to praise. I thank God I saw more people praise God today than I saw in a long time. Number two, you were called to be holy. First Peter 14, 114. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I'm holy. A lot of people make excuses. Can't be perfect. That don't mean you should stop trying. Let me, let me give you an idea of this Greek word, hagonos, holy. And let me put it to you, something simply different, unique. Something that's visibly different than everyone else. Unique. You should not be able to just blend in with the world. Now, it's easy for us to dress up on first Sunday. Deacons in their beautiful ties. Clergy in their collars. But what about when you ain't in church? Do you just blend in with everybody else? When you go to the barbershop or beauty shop and the conversation turn worldly and the jokes are made about our Lord and Savior, about Christian faith, do you just mesh into it? When they be trying to tell you about all the answers to the world problem, and they begin to talk about Trump and all that, do you just add your two cents in? Or do your statement make a statement? We're going back up now. Gonna go back to verse 10. You are recipients of God's grace. These are things you should think about. You are recipients of God's grace. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but have obtained mercy. Withholding due and just punishment. That's what mercy means. How many times you heard people say, I should have been dead and gone? 
one of these days reality after that gonna hit gonna, gonna hit you. Something in your life, some ailment, some incident gonna happen that you recognize you should have been dead. During New Year's Eve service, Deacon Miller told us about being attacked by a herd of deers in his car, jumping across and had an accident, went off the road and all that. And he recognized that he should have been dead, but God spared his life. I didn't even think about that yesterday until I saw his car. For those of us that have been afflicted, gone through radiation, gone through chemo, it wasn't radiation, chemo that, that saved it. That whole bunch of people don't took that stuff and ain't here. And there's some people that ain't took it and they is here. It's only through God's mercy because we all deserve death because we all sinners. So you were chosen with the mission. You were recipient of God's mercy. You were called to be holy. And can I hit this in a little bit? You are not a resident nor a tourist. Newsflash. This world ain't your home. You ain't gonna stay here. You're gonna leave this place one day. But too many of us, Christian and law, we like this world. The Bible tells you you can't love the world and love him too. We like this world. You know, when we go on a trip and we on vacation with tourists, we take in all the sights, all the things around. We just have a good time. I hope to go to St. Augustine, Florida in a couple of weeks, going to the Golf Hall of Fame. I'm going to look around. I'm going to have a good time. But I know one time I'm going to have to go back to 116 Metro. Because I can't stay in the Marriott forever. But even at 116 Matt Drive, I know I ain't going to stay in there forever. See, when you're a tourist, you like what you're doing. You're comfortable in your situation. And when you're at home, you think there's safety in your residence. And we act like that. And that's when things happen. We begin to crumble and fall apart. Because we think this world is our home. You are not a tourist. You are a pilgrim. You are passing through. Now, don't get me wrong. Enjoy the trip. But recognize this is not your final destination. Don't cling to it so much. That it stresses you out when things don't go your way. Here's what he said. Beloved, verse 11, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from flesh and lust, which war against the soul, having your conduct humble among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. 
When people see your life, they need to give glory to God for it. Those are things we should know about Father and Self. Now, what are the commandments of following his steps? Peter tells us in 2.13, number one, I got four for you. Number one, a word that most people don't like, submission. Submission. Submission has as its core surrender, giving up control. That is so hard for some of us to give up control. We want to always be in control. And when it comes to things of God, surrender goes against our pride. If you can't surrender, you got a pride problem. Verse 13, therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man. The King James uses authority. For the Lord's sake, that's what we miss. For the Lord's sake, whether it be king or supreme, he goes on name a list of them. But let me give you a piece of advice. Even Jesus followed Authority on earth. When he was 13 years old or so, the family went to the, the usual trip to Jerusalem to worship. When Mary and Joseph left Jerusalem, three days later they found out that this young teenager wasn't there. They went back and found him. Mama said, Boy, how in the world you do this? Why didn't you let somebody else? All the stuff that mama would say. He turned there and said, didn't you know it's time for me to get by my father's business? She knew he wasn't talking about Joseph. But the Bible says he still came back. Jesus would have been content staying there with the rabbis. But he was under the authority of his parents. Y'all hear me, y'all folks. And even though it was something he may not want to do, he did because he was under authority. Follow his steps. Let me give you another incident. The Roman authorities, along with the Jewish hierarchy, had a tax leveled among the people. And Jesus told Peter, he asked Peter, he said, should the children of the king pay taxes? He said, no. He said, but nevertheless, we're going to pay taxes anyway. Don't have to. I owned everything, but go down to the lake, catch your line, and the first fish you catch is going to have a coin in his mouth. Go pay your taxes in mine. Was the legal government wrong? Yes! But because of his worry, he submitted to the authority. Don't want to make the women mad. But it's in the book. It's in Ephesians. Submit. And all these couples I know I'm going to be marrying soon. Wives, submit. Even before they tell them both to submit. If you got problems, that you got a pride problem. The second commandment was patience. 
Help me, Lord. I'm going to confess mine right here. Amen, Al. Double please, Lord. Verse 20. What credit is it if you are beaten for your faults? You take it patiently. You ain't got to be patient with people that's messing over you. When it's your fault. But when you do good as a sin and suffer and take it patiently, this is commendable from God. When you are right and you know you're right, don't you just want to go out and let that ego go forth? I am right in this matter and I ain't going to back up. And if we follow in his footsteps, it says, don't say nothing. Just be patient. Do it anyway. <laughs> I often confess my fault. And I told my wife this. God is dealing with me in my motives. Sometimes I be doing things around the house. I be cleaned up, be doing things. I say, ooh. My wife's going to be so proud of me, you know, she did, and she's going to just say this and all that. See, I'm trying to get past on the back. If she come on and don't say nothing, my feeling is hurt. But see, that's about me. But then she focused on that one thing that I didn't do. Ooh, child. Amen. Left somebody with me on that one. And then I just smile. And do it patiently. Just go on and do that one little thing. Without thinking your mind. Oh, she didn't say nothing about all the other things I did. That's what the scripture is saying. Take it patiently. Christ was patient with you. How many times God was tugging on you to do what's right. And he didn't take you out. He was patient with you. Why can't you be patient with that child? I'm talking to somebody. I know I'm talking to somebody. Rather, God's talking to somebody. And you young people, why can't you be patient with us older folks? Y'all keep in mind, y'all going to get old one day too. And I'm a living witness. You're going to reap. <laughs> You're going to reap what you sow. Number three is suffer. Now, Vessel Brown don't nobody want to suffer. And then you suffer one time, you don't think you should suffer no more. Verse 21, for this you were called. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Y'all get this now. For this you were called. Y'all got that? Let's read the rest of it. Because Christ also suffered for us. So what were you called to do? I know you don't want to say it. You were called to suffer. Some of the things that some of y'all are going through, whether it be right or wrong, God called you to that very thing. No, God ain't called me to be a victim of cancer. Yes, he did. Because if I never had cancer, 
I would not be sympathetic toward those that do. And whatever hell you're going through right now, God may have called you to it, but he's going to bring you through it. Get the last part of verse 21. Leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. The last one. Committed. Committed. Well, that's not the last one. We'll do one more. Verse 23. Who, when he was reviled, when he was talked about, when he was spilled, when he was criticized, did not revile in return. My, my, my. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judge righteously. Here's the last one. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Verse 24. Whom himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. It did not say he bore his sin in our bodies, our sin in his body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. This scripture has been used so much when people were going through affliction by his strife, we were healed. That's a benefit of it because that's not what it's talking about. I want to read this thing again and read it maybe a little slower. Who himself bore our sin in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin, might live. I'll stop right there. When Christ was on that cross, he was you. He died the death that you were deserving of. And he's telling us, if I did that for someone undeserving, who is it in your life that you are not willing to die for? Bring home verse 25. For you were like sheep gone astray. You see, a sheep not very smart. As long as they're in the phone, they're pretty safe. But when they go straight, they're out there by themselves. That's when the wolf can attack. 
And every one of us was out there by ourselves. And the wolves of sin was the one to attack. But now have returned to the shepherd and overseer or bishop of our soul. We were out there by ourselves, the sheep. And all of a sudden, the shepherd just raised his staff. The wolves, the bears, the lions, they all saw it. And they dispersed. We may not have seen it, but God made a way for us to return back to him. Leah Patrick and Michael and I looked at this sermon notes a couple of weeks ago. Two songs came to my mind. The first one was more required of thee. And the second one was I give myself away. See, you can't follow in his steps, tread your own path. You've got to learn to follow in his steps. And again, that means submitting, being patient, suffering, committed, and sacrifice. The question is are you willing? To follow. There's another old song, Brother Graham. We talk about song church that says, Where he leads me, I will follow. Oh, really? This communion table represents all that he's done for us. And each and every one of us ought to make a commitment in 2018. I'm going to follow him a little more this year than I did last year. Some of these things we're chasing and we're following, they're going to come to an end. Follow his steps. Stand please with me. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.